When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. All right, what's going on, NBA draft fans? Big time show today. Albert and I are uh, doing our official first NBA mock draft uh, V1. Um, version one so uh it's gonna get spicy i think uh i i'm, I'm excited to see j- just exactly who goes where the way that we're gonna do this is we're gonna we're just gonna alternate we're just gonna alternate we'll flip back and forth um and then once somebody's off the board you know they're off the board so uh before we get started albert how you doing today dude oh man i'm First off, hello. <laughs> What's going on? I'm I'm excited to show everybody why I'm not an NBA GM um, and why I'm just a normal person. But Corey, I, I think I'm ready, man. I I'm really excited to take some guys way higher than they're supposed to go. But it's okay. This is an exercise, and I'm gonna I'm really gonna try to be the GM for the teams that I'm assigned. So. Um, Look out. If you're a fan of one of the teams that I'm picking for and you hate it, it's okay. Let us know on the locker room app. Let us know wherever. And uh, I will not apologize, but uh, I'm excited, Ben. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're live on the locker room app, so come hang. Uh, we'll try to, if you have something to say, we'll try to get you on. Uh, last time we tried, and I think I effed it up. So maybe this time it'll, uh, <laughs> it'll be different. All right, so uh, we're just going to go with the way that the order of the lottery is right now there's in real life NBA world, there's going to be movement uh, that the final standings, that's not how the actual draft choices uh, will actually play out, but just for our own sanity. So we're not overthinking this too deeply. We're just going to straight up uh, do it one through 14 based off where each team is in the standings right now. Uh, So we are doing this on April 14th. So this is why the standings are what they are and the teams are in the order that they are in. So I did, uh, I did the coin flip uh, and you won, you get the first pick. Now, now before we, before we get started on the picks uh, I will say too, I, uh, this is a mock draft. It's not a big board. So, some of the picks are going to be based on what we believe that the teams might do and not necessarily what we would do or how we feel about certain players. Um, So, you know, if we take a a player somewhere, we're going to give the reasoning for it, but it might not necessarily be who we think the team should be taking based on our own personal rankings. Uh, Mm -hmm. So just that's a little disclaimer to, to get out of the way. Um, before we get started and without further ado, let's do it. Minnesota is on the clock. Pick one. Go. Oh man. Uh, this is probably the hardest pick of the draft, you know, 
so many options there at one. I was looking at Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the Euro guys and Usman Garuba, but um, sure, hey, sure. <laughs> you know, when when it comes to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and we look at that team, um, people might be like, "Oh, you have Anthony Edwards there, D'Lo there. What can you do?" Look, the the Wolves have looked better recently. I do have to say, but th- there's oh, yeah. one guy here, and he's in his own tier. His name's Cade Cunningham. We're taking Cade Cum- Cunningham with the first pick in the draft. Uh, what we do with the rest of the roster after that. We'll figure that out, but you can't leave Cade Cunningham on the board there at one and draft, in my opinion, anybody else. I, he's in his own tier, so I'm the, I'm the Wolves. I'm taking Cade Cunningham. Yeah, th- that, I mean, no brainer. This is yeah. this is a a don't overthink it pick for whoever lands at number one, just because you might have some positional overlap. Do not worry about it. Don't overthink it. I know there are a lot of great players in the top five, but sometimes somebody's got to be the greatest of the great players. And as far as prospects go, it's Cade. And we'll do a full episode on him eventually, um, which will be exciting. But again, do not overthink it. Cade is a special dude. So uh, with the second overall pick, I am on the clock. I am selecting for the Houston Rockets. Now, I believe that the Rockets would select Evan Mobley at number two. USC big man, defensive anchor, forming kind of a new age twin towers with Christian Wood. Two versatile bigs that could space the floor a little bit, block shots, guard out on the perimeter, switch, uh, play with each other, kind of play without each other. And and I I think that... um, Given the the defensive needs that you know some of these bottom teams are are facing, I think that uh, teams are really high on Evan Mobley, and I think in Houston they're they're looking for somebody who could potentially be a game changer, and Evan Mobley certainly can be a game changer. Wow! So you take oh, so you're taking Mobley? Okay, yeah. I thought you were I, saying like Houston would, but you were going to take somebody else. No, no, no. I, I well, you know, like I said, these are not my personal feelings this is who i believe the houston rockets would select given who is available and uh i am selecting evan mobley for the houston rockets based on that criteria Hmm. so with the first overall pick we have Cade cunningham and the second overall pick we have evan mobley thoughts on evan mobley uh at number two to the rockets I, I look. I, I think it's hard to go wrong in the first five picks, Corey, with with the way that we have, I mean, with the talent that we have in this year's draft. I think you could take any of those guys and make a strong argument for any of them. I, I think the Mobley one makes sense to me, just because uh, with what we've seen from Christian Wood, like I, I, you know, there's a lot to like, but that doesn't mean you can't put Mobley next to him. Um, I think anyone who argues that, I'm just like, what are you watching, like? I think Christian Wood would be even better with Evan Mobley playing next to him with Mobley's passing and his rim protecting and all that stuff. So I, I think it's great. The only one that I had in mind that I thought you might go with was Jalen Suggs, just because we've talked so much about how jacked up the culture is right now in Houston and how mm-hmm. they're struggling with a lot of different things. I was just thinking Jalen Suggs as a culture creator, culture maker, culture changer. I thought Jalen Suggs might be, you know, an, uh, someone to consider there, but Evan Mobley is a great pick and uh, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Look, uh, like you said, you can't go wrong with any of these guys in the top five. 
it's all going to be based on preference and I don't know, maybe the teams will, will throw need in a little bit when you're drafting this high though, especially with a group this talented, you know, you don't, you do want to just go for who you believe is the most talented in the long run. And and I think that teams are going to fall in love with, I mean, the measurements and the measurables are, are going to be crazy for Mobley. And, uh, you know, I know we say that the NBA is moving away from, you know, the traditional big man, but Mobley is not necessarily that. And, I think when you get yourself in a position to look at some of these really, really big dudes, NBA GMs, even though it's a, it's a wing game now, Mm. you, these teams still fall in love with, with the big guys. Uh, All right. Um, On the clock, your pick, the Detroit Pistons third overall go. I think, you know, if, if, if on the Pistons, I'm running up to the podium with this one, just because as, as you mentioned, you know, I mean, Mobley's off the board. So it's not that the, these other, like, it's hard to, man, I don't know. Now I'm second guessing myself, but okay. (laughs) For me, it's going to be Jalen Suggs. And the reason why it's Jalen Suggs for me is just because I I look at that roster in Detroit. um, They have Killian Hayes, who obviously they still believe in. And I was watching him the other day and Killian Hayes, like, yeah, you and I may not be the highest on Killian Hayes, but he was he was doing some stuff. Like his first game back against the Knicks, he was making some passes. I was like, oh, that, that's why he went so high in the draft. He's still good. Um, but I'm going to go with Suggs just because I think he can play with Killian Hayes. I think he'll bring uh, something to the floor that Killian Hayes doesn't, and that's the toughness, the defense, the uh, aggression that yes. I think sometimes Killian Hayes is lacking in. So those two guys together would be can be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm going to say, and once again, the culture, you know, change or that whole thing. So I'm going to go Jalen Suggs at three. Yeah, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. Like he's an alpha Jalen Suggs, yeah, you know, right. I mean, you'll hear a hundred million times between now and the drafts that Jalen Suggs was a quarterback, but you know, it, it is worth mentioning because it really does shine through and not only with the play style, with him being able to get the ball up the court quickly with the hit aheads and, and whatnot, but just with the overall demeanor that he has, you know, like he, he walks on the court and he just exudes confidence and Big boss. Yeah. You know, and you, you said like he made two of the biggest plays in the tournament on both ends of the court, you know, mm-hmm. with not only with the game winning shot, but with the, the, you know, a game saving block and then a, a push the pace uh, transition, beautiful, you know, thread the needle bounce pass. I mean, he just makes winning plays. He dives on the floor culture for a lot of these teams at the, at the bottom of um, the NBA, like it's such an important thing to shape your culture. And Jalen Suggs is that guy that whoever lands him, whether he puts up the same gaudy numbers that some of these other guys might, he is going to be a guy who could change the way that your team plays and, and mm-hmm. his impact will go beyond the numbers. And you mentioned the fit with Killian Hayes. I like it. You got, good size in the backcourt. Either guy yeah. can play on or off the ball. You have two really good passers. Cause as much as Killian Hayes might struggle with some of the, you know, athleticism of the league or uh, his, his shooting as, as he's a young player, you know, the one thing he does have is good vision. And yeah. uh, you, you, you add in Jalen Suggs and you look at how Jalen Suggs played at Gonzaga and it was a team that played like a team of guys who can move the ball and find open guys. You add him to, to Killian Hayes and uh, Sadiq Bay who came from Villanova, who plays uh, you know, very team oriented ball there to much success. So 
uh, Isaiah Stewart has showed a lot. So you, you, you have something building in Detroit um, with whoever you take in the top five, but Jalen Suggs can't go wrong. On the clock now, I'm going, I have the Orlando Magic. And I think for me, this is an easy one. Um, mm. I also, I'm running to the podium. If I'm the Orlando Magic, I have two picks uh, potentially in the lottery in this draft. And as of right now, and my first pick, Number four overall for the Orlando Magic, I'm taking Jalen Green. Mm. You know, Jalen Green uh, just buckets on buckets. And I think if you look at the kind of team that they're, they kind of had, they've had, you know, it's a bunch of guys who are like these long rangy athletes, but mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily offensively focused. And Jalen Green will come in and give them, kind of a guy who you could look to in the future and say, this is our number one option. And, um, you know, you pair him with Jonathan Isaac returning, uh, Wendell Carter or, and Mo Bamba, both guys who have, you know, played a little bit better as of late add to the, you know, the, the backcourt athleticism with RJ Hampton and Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony. And all of a sudden you have, you know, a pretty interesting team, uh, you know, Okeke, you know, like all of these yeah. guys, again, a, a lot of interesting pieces and he could be a legit number one option to some of these more uh, secondary or, or tertiary guys who will thrive with somebody to, to really take the attention as a backcourt player, which uh, I, you know, is something they haven't really had. You know, I, I don't think Evan Fournier is really the kind of guy that teams are, are afraid of, you know, he is a good player who could put up numbers and as like a supplementary player, he's, he's a great fit as a role player, but he's not the guy that you want to be your number one option in the backcourt. Jalen green could be that one day. He could be that guy who is the Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, 30 point per game guy potentially. And as far as straight talent goes, you know, you could really make an argument that just talent wise he's he has more of it than anybody in the draft untapped mm-hmm. potential um so i think orlando would run to the podium and uh and, and they would take jalen green at the four spot and, th- and i feel like now is where we're starting to get a little bit interesting so uh you have the fifth pick now you're the cleveland cavaliers you're on the clock the floor is yours Ooh. okay so my pick here is jonathan kaminga um, yep. And I think some people may listen to this and be like, okay, so I guess Kaminga is like the worst one on the bunch. And, you know, you're kind of left with Kaminga. I, I hope people don't view it that way just because I think Kaminga, uh, we don't know, man. There's so much untapped potential with Kaminga that he may, I, I'm not saying that this will happen, but there's a world where he becomes, he ends up being the best pro out of all five of the guys that we talked about. It's not impossible. And I think um, if you're a Cavs fan and you're looking at your roster, Sexton's having a great year. Um, even Garland is showing some stuff. I mean, Love it. like I know, I dude, it. Garland's really starting to pop off a little bit. Yeah, he's showing like all the stuff that we saw in Vanderbilt before he got hurt. And so that's been interesting to watch. Okoro has been shooting the ball really well recently, or at least better. You know, and we know what type of defender he's going to be. So if you think about the uh, two wing defenders that you're going to have in Kaminga and Okoro, that's pretty filthy um, just as wing defenders. And then with the offensive versatility of a Sexton and a Garland and you kind of have Kaminga come in there and not have to bear the burden of being like even a number three option in that offense. That's pretty awesome. I think for his development, 
there's a lot to like there, man. And, and I, once again, like, I, I want to reemphasize that Kaminga is not, like, the worst guy of the bunch. It's just, you know, he, he's he's the fifth guy for sure. I think even in my evaluation, he's the fifth guy. But once again, in terms of potential, he could eventually become number one. And if you're the Cavs right now, you know, of course, they want to eventually become competitive. But Kaminga is a guy who's going to step on the floor. He's going to be able to do things from the jump. And you and I, we've talked about all of his abilities as a passer, uh, as a defender. Um, I, I think he's just going to improve as a shooter. There's a lot to like there. So if you're the Cavs, you'd be ecstatic to get him at number five. No doubt. Uh, and not only that, but he kind of fits what they need as well, you know, because Kevin Love, Kevin Love's not long for that that team, and he's a guy that you'll slot in at, like, the 3-4. Um, and like you mentioned, all the defense, you think about adding Jared Allen to the mix and, like, mm. potentially, you know, you've got something really special. A quick, quick aside uh, with Kaminga. You know, we were talking before we started recording about, you know, how I, I'm a teacher or whatnot. Kaminga played his sophomore season at uh, our savior school, which is down the block from the high school that I teach at. Um, And, uh, you know, they've always, ever since I played in high school, they always had like these overseas guys Mm. coming to their school. So we would play them in like a non-league game and just lose by like 75 points to like, five dudes from Greece, <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> so I, yeah. So, so like, I remember, um, you know, the, the big rivalry game for my district at the school that I, I coach at is, um, it's Newfield center age and, uh, Newfield's the school that I, I coach at center age school. I teach at, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they're fairly close. They're within district. And those games are wild, you know, in non COVID times packed out full, you know, kids going crazy because yeah. of rivalry. And I, I remember like seeing this kid walk in that just, you know, I'm on the bench games going on. And I just look to, to the corner, like mm-hmm. entrance out of the corner of my eye, this huge dude walk in. And I'm just like, yo, who is that? Cause you could tell. Mm-hmm. And and one of the kids on the team's like, oh, that that kid's nice. He goes to our savior. Mm-hmm. And it was Jonathan Kaminga. And I, you know what? I, I literally had just recently rem- kind of remembered that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, what what like a, a kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, kind of thing. I just remembered out of nowhere, like literally in my backyard, like mm-hmm. type of thing um coming to our rivalry game so that that kind of just kind of a cool Kaminga uh story mm-hmm. but um all right yeah Cleveland Jonathan Kaminga I like the top five I now is this is where we start to get uh, a little bit interesting right um because you know it, we kind of are like with the top five we're able to go by what we think teams will do but it's also kind of similar to what we would do and now now that we're at six and to the back of the lottery. Now we got to kind of take our personal bias out a little bit more so and kind of figure out what teams will need. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, OKC. OKC is um, kind of a, a weird team to get a read on uh, yeah. just, just because they outside of like Shay, like they kind of need a little bit of, 
of everything, even though they've got young guys who have, have showed some stuff and they've got mm-hmm. the Poku experience going on currently. And Sam Presti has also been a guy who doesn't really care about mock drafts and where guy he like, he'll go and, and just take guys who he believes have potential. And um, you know, he's going to get a shot here to be back at, at having a high pick again. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes, but I kind of think that, especially now there's a, the hype's been building. I know I've been grinding this tape. We did an entire episode dedicated to, to this man. He's a champion. He has something special in him, I believe. And I think he might be the kind of guy, like I think he's got that kind of rustness to him. Mm. I think Davion Mitchell is the pick for Oklahoma city at number six, pairing him in the backcourt with SGA. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took, you know, a risk on a guy like Jalen Johnson here, you know, Mm -hmm. just based on the talent, getting him into a situation with their development team to grow and kind of, you know, have all of these big guys who could do a lot of things. I wouldn't be shocked by that, but I think that Davion Mitchell is a guy that a lot of people, and, and we discussed it last week, you know, they look at him being older and think that he might not have the same potential as some of these younger guys. And there's still so much room for him to grow, but he has those elite traits that mm-hmm. now that we're at this part of the draft, I don't, there's not a lot of guys that have elite NBA traits going forward that they've consistently shown to be elite. And I mean, look, I just watched the Baylor Oklahoma state game. Mm. That was and, a good game. And this dude was all up on Cade. Like they put Davion Mitchell on Cade Cunningham. And he was on it. And, and Oklahoma State won the game, but mm-hmm. you could tell that when like when when Davion was guarding Cade, it was a like Cade was uncomfortable the whole time. Mm-hmm. The whole time. And then anytime he could get out in transition and they were getting cross matches and like in transition and he would get anybody else on him. He's like, yo, I got to go to work quick. And he'd fire, he'd get up a quick shot and he, that, you know, very intelligent, high IQ plays. And he had a great game, but uh, Davion's combination, offense, defense, his ability to come in and grow with, with SGA because they're probably around the same age. Um, (laughs) You know, still have potential and have the elite ability of his, his speed and his defense. Um, and he has the off the bounce ability that you don't really have anybody that can consistently give you that at this part of the draft. And we've seen Mitchell rise up on all of the boards. I think the highest we've seen him on any of the big boards right now is probably at seven. Six is not that big of a leap. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just think that he's one of these guys that he might have this it factor that Sam Presti really falls in love with. Um, and if, you know, if you want any more on him, we, you know, our last episode, go back and, and give that a listen. Cause you know, we went deep on him, but uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Davion Mitchell and, and really get this, this thing going here at number six for, for the Oklahoma city thunder. Uh, what a meteoric rise for Davion man to go yeah. from, where he was being mocked to now going number six in our mock draft. So yeah, that's pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where he goes. Cause I, 
I know I'm, I'm taking him here, but like I could also see him falling to the back end of the lottery as well, just based on, you know, the team's picking and the players they have at different positions. Um, so I, you know, he's got a, a pretty wide range of, of spots that he could land potentially. Okay. So I'm seven, right? Um, you are, you are seven. You are the Washington wizards. Hmm. Okay. So to be honest, as the GM of the Washington wizards, I'm, Really disappointed to see Davion Mitchell come off the board because I would have loved to pair him with uh, Bradley Beal until Bradley Beal leaves. And then when Bradley Beal leaves, he can leave my team. But um, what I just said, Corey, I think that's going to shed some light on where I'm going with my pick. Um, I think ultimately this team needs to be forward thinking. We have to think about Bradley Beal wanting out. But also while we still have Bradley Beal adding some scoring punch that I think uh, could help take some of the burden off of Bradley Beal. And he doesn't have to feel like he has to put up 50 points for us every single night. So there are some guys I was looking at here. Um, you know, obviously people are going to think of Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson as guys that, you know, with their potential. So, you know, a team like the Wizards might grab. But when I think once again, with all that I just explained, I think you need a bucket getter. I think mm-hmm. you need someone who's going to bring some athleticism. And once again, really just be a threat out there as a scorer. Um, to really help out uh, Bradley Beal. And so the guy that I'm going with at here at seven, which I don't think is crazy. Some Our listeners might think is crazy. I'm going James Booknight from mm. UConn. Um, I think Booknight is a guy in his time at UConn has really improved as a scorer. This season, he averaged 21 points a game. Obviously, he was hurt for a while, which you know might skew those numbers a little bit. But Booknight has shown that... Uh, Booknight is a guy that I classify... Um, with a couple other guys in this draft, but he's a real, he's a guy that may not be an elite pure shooter, but a guy who is a bucket getter. And so a bucket getter is usually a guy who can shoot enough where you have to respect it, but also does a ton of, you know, around the basket stuff. And he just uses his athletic ability really well. And that's why I really like book night, man. I think his, imp- his improvement as a three point shooter is exciting and i think that he'll just continue to work on that and get better but um when he starts moving towards the rim that stuff is dangerous like he is an absolutely scary driver and when he's up in the air it's like it it, i I don't even want to start comparing him to nba guys but it's 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 vicious it's nasty it's violent uh the way that he attacks the rim (laughs) And if you could put a guy like that next to Bradley Beal, who's going to be a threat to like, I I honestly feel like his rookie year, he could average 17 points a game. Like, I don't think that'd be crazy. Um, He's, he's, I mean, man, actually, no, 17 is high. Let's say like 15 points a game. It could happen. Russ is still there. So you're you're right. You're right. Russ. But (laughs) I, 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 I always feel like Russ is on the precipice of moving on again. Like at this point (laughs) of his career, it could definitely happen. But um, for me, that's kind of my headspace, though. I, I I think the Wizards have to be forward thinking and adding a real offensive threat and not one of these high ops, high upside toolsy. We don't really know what he's going to be wing type of guys. Like, yeah. I think they should just go and get a bucket getter. And for me, that's going to be James Booknight. Yeah, you know what you're getting with Booknight, right? It's not really a mystery. Uh, and, you know, what I do like about Booknight's finish, uh, fit in Washington is that one, he's kind of the blueprint that you'd like, like Beal is the blueprint you'd ultimately like him to follow, right? So what Ooh. better guy to learn from based on your, you know, his skill set than Bradley Beal? Because similar builds, athletic guys who could score, Bradley Beal's a, a, 
a better shooter, but they're yeah. both buckets. And and like you said, Book Knight's a uh, despite his percentages, I think he's a good shooter. He's just a tough shot taker a lot of times. Right. You know, for me, my opinion on Book Knight is like I really like him, but I want I need him to go to the right team because I think that if you're if you're putting him in a position where you're like you're handing him the rock and you're like, go create and be that guy who's going to have the high usage on our team. I think he's going to ultimately not be that guy. But if you're, if he's a finisher, almost like a Jamal Murray, where like, and, and he's and you know, prayers up to Jamal, hope, you know, get better, get better. But uh, you know, Jamal is like the kind of guy where he's just in the ultimate situation where he gets to play off this, elite playmaker and make the most of his his skills his cutting his off ball movement his shooting you know like all of these things and book knight does a lot of that he's good at very similar things he's less good at like making reads in the pick and roll and and you know all the little nuances that he still has to learn so for me like if book knight can go to a team like washington and play off russ where he's just getting out in transition and being a finisher spacing the floor he could play off russ and beal and and some of the other guys that they have and, and not really be in the way of the development of guys like Rui and, and Denny. Um, you know, I, I think that that's not a bad outcome for Washington and it's not a bad outcome for, for James book night. So yeah. uh, I, 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 do, I, I think it makes yeah. sense. I, I do want to say like you just mentioned at the end, Rui and Dan, Denny Avdia. I, I think those are two guys that, make me not want to go after a Keon Johnson or a Jalen Johnson. Mm. Like, I feel like those guys are, man, we're going to talk more about this and and, and eventually I'm going to have to draft one of them. I imagine. But um, yeah, I I just think with Denny Avdia and Rui Hachimura, you, you don't want to kind of like take minutes away from them Mm -hmm. to give to a Jalen Johnson is kind of how I feel. Um, Of course, like, yeah, that's just kind of where my headspace is at. You so want to put guys in position to succeed. Like the exactly. more the more positional overlap you have with young guys who are trying to establish themselves and get comfortable in roles and minutes, you know, sometimes look, you just draft the best talent and you don't worry about that, but when there's not really like this huge gap mm-hmm. in talent there, sometimes it's really tricky. Um, to put guys in that situation and, and really get the most out of their development. So I, I understand wanting to avoid that uh, in that scenario. And and with that said, uh, at number eight for Toronto right now, I am going to take Jalen Johnson. Okay. Uh, I think that, you know, at, at a certain point of the draft and it's around here, his talent does become overwhelming and a team mm-hmm. is going to bet on it. And I look at Toronto, Kyle Lowry, I think, is going to move on at the end of the year. And they're going to be in a position where they're possibly going to be headed into a rebuild. You know, they're, they've really struggled this year with Kyle Lowry on the roster, in and out. Uh, you know, and I know it's a weird year. They're in Tampa, away from their families. Uh, there's COVID, you know, all of the reasons that they they should be having you know the season from hell they're having it you know it's not like it doesn't make sense that they are but i think they're gonna lose lowry for for nothing or you know maybe they work out a sign and trade somewhere and get some kind of like you know draft future draft capital mm-hmm. uh siakam seems like a guy that like like he's not really that young you know siakam's an older mm-hmm. player at this point he's a vet 
And yeah. if you're going to be Toronto and you're at a point where you're like, you know, what are we going to be able to add to this roster to get us back into contention? You know, I don't know how many players they're just going to be able to sign, you know, you know, that they're not drafting and developing themselves, which they do an excellent job of. Mm. And I think that a guy like Siakam could potentially be on the move in the not so distant future, just Mm. making the most of him as an asset, you know, and it's not like they really have pressure to keep a guy like him because like they've won their championship already with this team. It's Mm. okay for them to move on before, you know, it's kind of too late and guys lose their value. And Jalen Johnson is a guy that might play um, Siakam's position, but he can learn, for the time being. And then when it's, you know, you're ready to move on for Siakam, if Jalen Johnson has shown himself to be the player that he potentially could be, he's a guy that you could put in that lineup. And um, like I said, they've done a really excellent job of developing guys, right? And now you're looking at a a lineup with like OG and, uh, and Jalen Johnson, and you have this positional versatility still. Um, Malachi Flynn's really come on lately uh, as he's getting minutes. And, you know, you have Fred Van Vliet and you have who, who will be there, I think, you know, for yeah. a, a little while. I think that, you know, he's a guy that they'll, they'll keep. But I think they just have a lot of, you know, kind of options next year headed more towards, you know, this being the end of their their run with the, the roster that they have and, and looking towards the future. And I think Jalen Johnson at eight um, is kind of right where teams are probably going to be, you know, looking to take him. Hmm. That's a good one, man. That's a really, really good one. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I. You know what, Corey? I'm gonna make it my mission to freaking watch every minute of Jalen Johnson moving <laughs> forward. Um, because I've been, I, I really have been trying to watch a lot of tape of different guys, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he's gonna grow on me. I mean, from what I have seen from Jalen Johnson, obviously a really, really good rebounder. I mean, that's yep. the one thing that you know he's gonna do. He's gonna come in and rebound the ball at a high, high level. It, it's his jump shot that I hate. But once yeah. again, I mean, you know, situationally, I think with the roster that you mentioned, I think he'll and Nick Nurse is such a great coach. He'll figure out yeah. how to use him. So, uh, yeah, I hear you on that. Um, I'm number nine, right? I you're number am, nine. You're you're the Sacramento Kings. <sighs> All right. So this one I thought a lot about and okay. I was really wavering on two names. Um, I looked at the roster. And for me, when you have a De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, a Buddy Heald, uh, Marvin Bagley. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, you, you want a guy in there who is going to be able to kind of weave things together. So I'm thinking about a guy who can play make, a guy who can defend at a high level, a guy who can defend multiple positions, a guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands. And I, I think he's fallen enough, or maybe not fallen, but this seems like a good spot for him. I'm going to take Scotty Barnes. I okay. think Scotty Barnes, with that roster, with the pieces that they have, with, um, I, I didn't even mention Harrison Barnes, and Harrison Barnes yep. played pretty well this year and was actually a hot name around the trade, um, trade deadline. I think if you look at that roster and what they have, this is a really good situation for Scotty Barnes. I think this is the type of team where you want him to be, where he can do stuff because you have guys like De'Aaron Fox, Halliburton and Buddy Heald, all guys who don't always, always have to play with the ball in their hands. They can do stuff off ball too. And the thing that you kind of like about Scotty Barnes and you're hoping for that he'll reach is that he could do some stuff with the ball in his hands. The guy averaged pretty much six assists a game this year as a freshman for Florida State. And so this seems like kind of the perfect 
opportunity and the perfect situation for a guy like Scotty Barnes because of the guards that I mentioned and also guys like Harrison Barnes, Bar- Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes around him seems like a really good situation. So I'm going to go with Scotty Barnes here. I like it. Yeah, you can Swiss Army knife, do it exactly. all, glue guy, you know, kind of like Jumbo Halliburton without the without the jumper, but, you know, defensively could just be everywhere. And, and right. I mean, like you said, with the IQ of Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, just from a playmaking perspective is, is really fun to kind of think yep. about and imagine for Sacramento. And, you know, we talk about the word culture a lot. De'Aaron mm. Fox, culture changer. Tyrese Halliburton, culture changer. Scotty Barnes, adding to the culture that they're building there and getting away from being those lowly kings that, you know, we consistently think about and turning themselves into, you know, a real NBA team with with guys who just have a, a confidence to them uh, that maybe some of these Kings teams of the last 10 plus years haven't had. So it, I, I like it there. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Scotty Barnes at number nine. So, all right. Rounding out our top 10, the Orlando Magic. Let's go through our top nine again. We had Cade Cunningham at number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Evan Mobley at number two to the Houston Rockets. Jalen Suggs at number three to the Detroit Pistons. Jalen Green at number four to the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Kaminga at number five to the Cleveland Cavs. Davion Mitchell, number six to the Oklahoma City Thunder. James Booknight at number seven to the Washington Wizards. Jalen Johnson at number eight to the Toronto Raptors. Scotty Barnes at number nine to the Sacramento Kings. And without further ado, at number 10 for the Orlando Magic, I'm taking your guy, Gonzaga sharpshooter, Corey Kispert. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think this is a good spot for him. Yeah. And you look at that small forward spot, that swing spot, and you look at the roster that they have. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac. Oops, sorry. <sighs> Jonathan Isaac, not a shooter. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Wendell Carter, not a shooter. Mo Bamba, mm-hmm. not a shooter. Uh, RJ Hampton, <clears throat> not a shooter. Right. Jalen Green, a bucket, not a pure shooter. They need a pure shooter. And Corey Kispert, at number 10 to the Orlando Magic, it allows Kispert to just seamlessly fit into a roster where he's not going to be asked to do things with the ball in his hands and just be him. And, you know, I think any of the defensive concerns you would have about Kispert guarding the perimeter, having to switch and guard up, like what better guy to have your back than Jonathan Isaac and Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba as, as protectors for him at that level. And he can just kind of worry about doing Corey Kispert things. And that's shooting the shit out of the ball. Um, Mm. Another guy winning program, you know, you're, you're coming in this culture buzzword that we have, and he's a guy that continue to build on that. And I think if you're Orlando and you can get yourself a Jalen green and a Corey Kispert in this draft, you're off to a pretty good start on this rebuild of your rebuild right? This, the retool of the rebuild, whatever, whatever process they're, they're undergoing there. 
I think that that's a pretty solid get for, for your two lottery picks. Uh, one really high upside guy uh, and, and one guy that could just potentially be an elite role player one day. Dude, that's a really good one. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to wait to mention this other name cause I'm going to take him soon, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, I yeah. Kispert at 10 is, that's kind of perfect. That's kind of where you want him to be kind of middle of the lottery. Like he's proven himself as a, a bona fide scorer shooter. Um, and to join that roster and to think about like, who's their best shooter right now. It's probably like Okiki, right? Um, Okiki has been really good <laughs> yeah. for them shooting wise. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, Kispert can come in and I mean, all the, like the playmaking stuff is going to be in like Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz and RJ Hampton's hands. So Kispert could just run around and shoot and be free. And so, and Jalen Green coming in with your earlier pick, this right. is a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. The, the magic would have a lot to be excited about moving forward. That's yeah, I think one. so. I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, now I'm in a bad spot. Now I'm at 11. You're at 11 <laughs> with the New Orleans Pelicans, who are just kind of a clusterfuck of a team. Yeah, like they, they kind of have everything everywhere, but <sighs> but not but not enough in certain places that you don't you bypass it completely. Yeah. So, I, dude, I actually thought through a lot of names here. Um, I thought about. Like, man, their big situation. I wonder what they're going to do with Steven Adams. Like, number one, that contract that they gave him is still weird. I still love Steven Adams, but, like, that situation is strange. Not on that team. Yeah, why would you want to put him next to Zion? Whatever. Um, And then, like, so I thought about it big, but then they also have Jackson Hayes, who I think they still kind of believe in. They should. I mean, they they invested a top 10 pick in they have, he still has flashes. Um, then I thought, you know, they still have Bledsoe. Um, Kira Lewis Jr. is really starting to, like, show himself. And, like, yep. hey, like, bro, this is why y'all took me where you did. I'm Kira Lewis. So he's been playing pretty well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm going to kind of go with – so I think he can come in and play on the second unit. And then when they make a decision on Brandon Ingram, because I think they will. Dude, I honestly think they're going to make a decision on Brandon Ingram just because I don't know how he fits with Zion moving forward. Because mm. Brandon Ingram looks at himself in the mirror and says, I'm an alpha. And Zion uh, walks down the room and literally everybody tells him he's an alpha. So there's a little bit of a difference there. <laughs> um, but okay, so the guy I'm going to take is Franz Wagner. Because okay. I think Wagner coming off, like playing in their second unit with what he can do. The thing that I love about Wagner is um, I think usually like the bias is if you're like six, eight and you're white, like you just, you're just going to run around and shoot. But sure. Wagner is actually a pretty good defender. Um, I like Wagner. I think he rebounds the ball pretty well. Not, not that he's like some elite rebounder, but the stuff that he can do with the ball in his hands, um, he can, he look, he can dribble pass and shoot. And if you have a guy who is six, eight, six, nine, that can dribble pass and shoot uh, and can also defend at a pretty high level, you take that guy and you figure it out. Um, so for me, I think regardless of all that they have on that roster, when I think about what he can do in the second unit, maybe he comes in for Brandon Ingram or he could even play next to Brandon Ingram because of the type of player that he is. For me, 11 is that's a pretty good spot to take Franz, Franz Wagner. And I could even see him going higher depending on how the lottery breaks down later on. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I Look, any spot that you put a guy like Franz, like, he's going to fit in. Yes. He's a, you know, he's a toolsy guy who does a lot of things. So you could have put him, like you said, on, on most of these teams and he'd be a guy that fits. 
just because he's toolsy and he has you know a versatile skill set and um he's gonna be a guy i think that plays on a lot of winning teams and uh i, I think that you know when you have a guy like zion like not to say that you don't want to get you know go for star upside but you also have especially when zion's so dominant so quick you have to start thinking of like if i'm gonna keep this pick like i do need to take somebody who fits with him you know it can't just be like and they've done some things like you mentioned steven adams that are just kind of counter uh productive to that end goal but i think that's you know a, a good spot for um you know what he'll ultimately bring to the table um yeah. so no no i don't think indiana fans uh or new orleans fans rather would would be complaining with franz at uh number 11 and uh that that'd be two solid back-to-back yeah. drafts drafting outside of the top 10 with kyra and, and, and franz wagner uh all right so i am uh the indiana pacers at number 12 um and the pacers are actually kind of an interesting team because they're another team that kind of has a little bit of everything but also like outside of you know your your sabonis and and maybe brogdon like you know they don't have guys that they seem like married to necessarily i mean i guess lavert now um given that you know the trade uh i'm sure they're excited about him but they just have like a bunch of guys that you're like these guys aren't untouchable you know it seems like miles turner has been in every kind of trade rumor uh imaginable but i'm gonna take a look at you know kind of their their point guard spot and Mm -hmm. and take a look at their small forward spot. And I'm going to kind of try to solve both, you know, two issues at at one time. And I'm going to, uh, take our Aussie Josh Giddy. So Giddy's a a really interesting guy, six, eight playing in the NBL, which was the, for the same team, uh, the Illiwara Hawks, uh, which is, Mm -hmm. uh, who um, LaMilla Ball played for. And he's just like this really versatile playmaker who has great height and does really fun things with the ball in his hands. And I think his height um, allows him to play multiple positions on the floor. And given kind of the uh, off-ball ability of a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who's a knockdown shooter off-ball, I think that they could play together. Um, And it gives Mm -hmm. them some really good size. And it kind of gives them a different look than what they have at backup point guard right now with Aaron Holiday and um, and TJ McConnell, who are you know two kind of smaller guards who are you know trying to be pesky and uh, you know just kind of bring energy. Whereas I think Giddy is more of a guy that you could potentially you know build or not not around, but build with going forward, and uh, you know kind of has the IQ to just be really fun in, in an offense with high IQ guys like Sabonis and, and, and Brogdon. And I think that uh, he's a guy that could potentially be working his way into the lottery with, you know, the way he's been playing overseas in a professional league against men, putting up really, really solid numbers at, at his age. Uh, and he's just fun. He's mm. just fun. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, 
I'm going to take uh, the uh, the Aussie there. That dude, I, that was a shocker. I, I didn't see that one coming at all. Um, I haven't seen enough of Giddy to be to say one way or another, but um, dude, that I, I, it's it's interesting. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah <sighs> it's, a, it's a fun pick. It's they're they're a weird team. Okay, now, dang, I feel like I got unlucky with this draw. Like, I'm getting <laughs> these are these are tough picks. I have to make. I'm at 13, and I've got the yeah. Golden State Warriors. You got the Warriors. Oh, what do the Warriors do here? I mean, okay, they still have Steph. They're banking on Clay to come back. Yeah. Uh, they still have Wiggins. Um, I wonder what happens with Oubre, but I, I imagine, I don't know, they're probably not too excited about bringing him back. So yeah, I maybe doubt we'll it. just assume that Oubre is moving on. We have Wiseman, who's going to be coming back from injury. We still have Draymond. Train him with KG this summer. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. Um, yeah, you got Draymond. You know, they still have the young bench guys, and they just drafted Mannion last year, who they like. They still have Jordan Poole. So for me, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a wing here. Uh, I'm going to okay. take a wing here. Uh, there are two guys that – actually, there are three guys that I was really wrestling over because I think they would like all three of these guys for different reasons. Um, I was looking at Zaire Williams from Stanford. Um, mm-hmm. shooting potential, scoring potential. Uh, Jaden Springer for his two-way ability. I like, mm-hmm. I'm really freaking high on Jaden Springer and I'm excited to uh, talk more about him as, you know, the time goes on because uh, sometimes uh, when I watch Jaden Springer play, I get little tastes, like just little, you know, little like Costco samples of uh, <laughs> Devin Bo- of Devin Booker. So oh. I get excited in those moments. Yeah, I know. Whoa. We'll talk about that. I know, I know. I, people are going to hate me for it. I don't care. I smell it. I see it. A little bit. Um, so I like Jaden Springer there. But then also like Chris Duarte, like <laughs> I just tweeted about like three different clips about him last night. Yeah. And like if your only thing against him is that he's gonna be 24, then screw you. Like this guy, I, I love Chris Duarte. But um, okay. I have to make a pick here. Yeah, you're on the clock. All right, here we go. You know what? We're gonna say the Warriors who <laughs> continue to draft kind of weird, but whatever. I mean, they've hit really high in the past too, so is what it is. They're gonna bank on potential here. They're gonna bank on the kid who's 19, uh, and they're gonna take Zaire Williams from Stanford. Mm. Um, I think they're gonna grab him, hoping that uh, his shooting potential will uh, really reach its ceiling, and he can be a guy who will eventually be like a 20 point scorer. The thing with Zaire is he's got to fill out that frame. He's a skinny boy. Uh, he's a skinny old kid, yeah. but uh, look, a lot of the scouts love his shooting. Uh, obviously, the numbers didn't flesh that out, but you know he had a you know, he had a weird season. But I think there's enough to like there where the Warriors will take a gamble and take Zaire Williams at 13. All right, I I can't hate on it. I mean, Zaire had a weird season. You know, I I think a lot of people were really high on him based on his high school mixtapes uh, because you know he. He's got bounce. He's athletic. You know, he's right. kind of fluid. He's long and rangy. He's got a pretty jumper. I was much lower on him. I think when, you know, when he was struggling, I was like, all right, that makes sense to me. Cause I don't think he has like a ton of off the bounce game. I think he's really stiff. And while he is capable of hitting like step backs and whatnot, I think when you start getting into like, can this dude, you know, kind of bust out some combo moves to create space at the NBA level. I just, I just don't necessarily think that he has that in him. Um, but he's a guy that I think if you put him on a team like Golden State, where you're mm-hmm. just like, 
you prove to be a really smart team defender off ball at Stanford and you have these tools. And although his shooting percentages were bad, mm-hmm. uh, I actually buy the jumper right. from a, Same. not, not from a self-creation perspective, but I do buy the jumper on playing off ball. And if you're playing with Steph Curry and Draymond Green, you know, and you could just kind of be like, Hey, we want you to be kind of a do it all guy, you know, either in the starting lineup, you know, down the line or off the bench playing smart basketball and, and just keep the game simple and just knock down open shots, attack closeouts. And that's where he's kind of able to get to his playmaking. I think the fit with golden state is, is solid, you know? Um, And, you know, they really do need just NBA level wings. Um, And he fits, fits the bill for, you know, the kind of guy that at least the kind of archetype that that team needs. So I, I like that, that pick, even though I'm not like his biggest fan, I think in this range, he's interesting enough that you could start getting into it. And I think for golden state in particular, given that the expectations of what kind of player he will be one day, won't be as high as if he goes somewhere, you know, like he was projected to be a top 10 guy initially uh, early on in the process where you're like, all right, they're going to expect a little bit too much out of this kid that he may, may not be capable of Um, not to cap, you know, his potential. I, you know, a lot of these guys can far exceed their potential, but uh, I think that's a good fit for him. I do want to say, I also did consider Keon Johnson and Moses Moody, but I don't know. Like, I just feel like with Keon, his offensive limitations might scare you. Um, and you know, like you really have to be down to develop him to make him into the scorer that he might potentially become Moses Moody, a guy that I still really, really like regardless of what he did in the tournament and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I just felt like Zaire because I'm like you, I really do buy the jump shot and I think he's going to be able to eventually shoot at a really high level. And so that's why I went with him maybe as like, not that this will happen, but Maybe you can take that gamble that he could become the heir apparent to Clay if you develop him right. Not mm. that he will be. I'm just yeah, saying. Well, Clay's, you know, Clay's an all-time you know, shooter. Of you know? course. <laughs> yeah, we, so know what you're, we know what you're saying. You're just kind of swinging for the fences here is kind of what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure Golden State would would be cool taking a guy who had, you know, the high pedigree that he had coming into the year, landing him at the back end of the lottery, um, despite, you know, uh, you know, a rough college season. And look, Cam Reddish, same thing with him at Duke, mm-hmm. right? And and it's kind of he's kind of had a tough go of it as well uh, with the Hawks, but he still has really interesting tools. Defensively, he's like very very good, even yeah. with his his iffy shooting percentages and and um, you know even if he's not contributing so much offensively, there's still a place for him in the league, and I feel like that's going to be uh, the same kind of thing with Zaire Williams. Uh, all right, to round out the last pick of the uh, the lottery, the San Antonio Spurs, I'm actually uh, going to go with a guy who plays the center spot for them Ooh. or will play will play the, the center spot. Uh, a spot that I look at, and, you know, you see Jakob Pertl, uh, Gorgie Jang, like, uh, you know, all these guys that you're just like, I don't know if they're necessarily the long-term solution to this team. I, I look at some of their young guys, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, Deshante Murray, Devin Vassell, uh, Keldon Johnson, kind of like really f- good athletes, fun, rangy. Um, and I really want this team to get some 
three-point shooting, but unfortunately mm-hmm. I'm going to compound their issue of not having it here. And uh, I'm going to take Isaiah Jackson for yeah. uh, the San Antonio Spurs out of Kentucky. Uh, just a really high energy big man who potentially could be one of those fives who is guarding every position because he moves so well laterally for a guy, his size, he is a gazelle in the open court. And if he could just focus on being that rim running shot blocking guy who could switch out onto the perimeter and keep the game simple and learn from the San Antonio Spurs, a team that I think, you know, with the coaching of Popovich for, if he's there, you know, for, for the rebuild going forward, uh, playing off, you know, kind of the, the smart defensive guys that they have in, in their backcourt, I think he could, you know, really develop his game in a positive way. Uh, you know, I'm working, uh, you know, I just, you're, you'll, you'll see the, the ESPN film sesh of him drop soon. And, um, you know, he, he did say, he, you know, he's a stretch four at one point, which uh, I, I certainly disagree with, but uh, he is, uh, you know, he does have really uh, potentially elite defensive tools. So, <coughs> So I'm gonna end, I'm gonna round out the lottery with Isaiah Jackson uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. So, uh, uh, oh sorry, no, <laughs> no go, I'll ahead. Say, go ahead. I'll say every off season, Mitchell Robinson uh, goes to, back to Louisiana and he works on his handle and three point shooting, and he never uses it. So I, I think <laughs> it's pretty normal for these big guys to live in this uh, fantasy world where they think of themselves as shooters and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, Corey, I do want to say really quickly, Isaiah Jackson, four and a half blocks a game this season. Like, that's uh, not something to scoff at. Um, he, he he's pretty nasty, right? I, I think that's right, four and a half. But whatever. He he was he was blocking some shots. And um, if you look at, as you mentioned, Jakob Pertl, uh, Jakob Pertl is not necessarily a guy who's striking fear into your hearts as you're going as you're going to the rim so adding an isaiah jackson to that roster is cool and um i do want to say in a world where we're 100 percent right and the draft does break down like this uh to think that keon johnson and moses moody uh lasted this long that's really interesting to think about too and how those guys who are you know pretty loved by a lot of scouts if they last till like 15 and on that's a really really interesting thing to look at too and so i think overall this draft is going to be really interesting to look at the late lottery the teens and the 20s to see where guys go because some guys might fall and that'll be really interesting like it's going to be weird to look at i think especially like a guy like moody and keon johnson yeah, you know, I think out of the two, I think Keon Johnson's probably the guy that teams will more so be willing to take a shot on just because right. I think he's got special athletic tools. And, you know, his jump shot's not like entirely broken from an aesthetic uh, point of view. So out of the two, I think I probably, if we redid this, there's definitely worlds where Ke- uh, Keon Johnson is drafted, you know, in the top 10, um, more so than I think Moses Moody even though, you know, like you said, Moody showed some things throughout the year. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, With Isaiah Jackson, it was 2.6 blocks a game, four and a half Mm -hmm. per 36. But even still, even still per 36, that's, you know, pretty sick. That's a a pretty uh, tremendous (laughs) number. (laughs) And um, he also like, he's a guy that he shot 70% from the free throw line. 
Uh, and, you know, he, he had like 65.7% free throw attempt rate. So like, he's a guy that does get to the line a lot, just rolling hard. And, you know, I think as a lob target, uh, with the right playmakers, he could be really fun. So that'll round it out. So let's just, uh, run through the results really quick. Um, Cade goes one to the Timberwolves. Mobley goes two to the Rockets. Suggs goes three to the Pistons. Jalen Green goes four to the Magic. Jonathan Kaminga goes five to the Cavaliers. Davion Mitchell goes six to the Oklahoma City Thunder. James Booknight goes seven to the Washington Wizards. Jalen Johnson goes eight to the Raptors. Scotty Barnes goes nine to the Kings. Corey Kispert goes 10 to the Magic. Franz Wagner goes 11 to the Pelicans. Josh Giddy goes 12 to to indiana zyre williams goes 13 to the warriors isaiah jackson goes 14 to the spurs and i'm going to give you the last pick we're going to break it out bonus pick because the 15th pick are your new york knicks given who's taken who's on the clock who would you want the knicks to take with their pick see i I really wasn't expecting you to do this to me um (laughs) i know i'm putting you on the spot If it wasn't the Knicks, I wouldn't have. I know. I know. For me, there are two names. These are, see, okay, this is me. This is not Leon Rose. I'm going to make a me pick here, Corey. All right. Uh, It comes down to uh, two guys, and that's Jaden Springer and Chris Duarte. Uh, I look at my Knicks. I look at, uh, I think we have to move on from Alfred Alfred Payton. Uh, We love what we've seen from Quickly. We love what we've seen from RJ, the things that they're doing with the ball in their hands, the things that Julius is doing with the ball in his hands. So for me, I'm going to take a guy here. Damn, this is freaking hard. Okay, okay. No, no, I got to stick to my guns here. (laughs) I stick to my guns here. Okay, I'm going to go. Okay, all right, all right. I can get him later in the draft. So uh, I'm going to take... Uh, Jaden Springer at this spot, just because I know I can get Chris Duarte a little bit later. So with that, uh, with my uh, with my Mavericks pick, I think that's when I'll grab Chris Duarte. Um, so I'm going to take Jaden Springer here, and the reason why, once again, I think Jaden Springer has wild potential. Like I freaking love Jaden Springer. The things that he can do, uh, it. We'll talk about it more eventually, but I. I'll take Springer here. I'm excited. I think he can do stuff with quickly with RJ Barrett in the, in that backcourt. I think they can share the backcourt. He can come off the bench. I'm taking Springer here and I love him as a defender. All right. I'm into it. I'm glad you took, you took Springer <laughs> because you realize you can probably get Duarte with that, with the, the Mavs pick a, a little bit yeah. down the draft. <laughs> so I, I think that's, that was a solid choice uh, given, given the options. And I like Springer a lot too. Uh, good size really young dude. Um, so interesting, interesting guy. Some other notables that didn't, um, that we did not draft. And again, these were not necessarily our personal picks, except for that, that pick for, uh, Albert with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, these were, you know, kind of who we thought the teams might go with. Um, but some interesting names and they're kind of all over boards, but I think they're guys who were going to kind of be in the lottery conversation. Um, as we revisit this down the line, I think Trey Mann's going to work himself into the conversation. Uh, I think that Sharif Cooper is going to be a guy who's working himself into the conversation. And he's probably going to have a crazy range because I could see him going anywhere in in this draft. Uh, 
so I think he's going to be in the convo. Um, Usman Garuba is a guy that'll be in the convo uh, to go along. Jared Butler is a guy who, you know, you, that back end of the lottery, some of those veteran teams could be looking yeah. for to step in and play right away. So uh, maybe even, yeah, maybe a little Josh Christopher teams get, uh, teams get spicy. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Corey, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people like Kai Jones and mm. I know we're going to have this conversation soon. I freaking don't get it at all. I would not <laughs> want to use a first round pick on Kai Jones, but there are a lot of people who are on high on him. And so he's another name to look out for. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cam Thomas, it's a guy that, <sighs> that I think he's a, he's going to be a workout warrior for sure. Uh, it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting as the, you know, we get more Intel and, uh, eventually, you know, we'll take this mock draft and we'll just, we'll do the whole first round. Um, but this was, uh, this was your, your little warm up. This, this was the warm up for, for all the listeners. Uh, cause you know, we banged out just the lottery in, in about an hour. So, uh, get ready. Cause if we do the first round, you guys are going to be hanging with us. You guys are going to be hanging, man. Hey, um, even though this was a mock draft, I felt so much <laughs> pressure making these picks. <laughs> That's why I'm not a GM, man. Oh. Well, you know what? You got to realize, like, in these in these rooms, like, not to say that there's not, like, that intense pressure being there, but, like, these guys have been making these decisions for months, and, like, they have, like, all right, this guy's picked, then we go with this guy. Like, they have, like, we're mm-hmm. picking for every team. You know, they're, <laughs> like, the they're, spot. you know, like, they have their list of guys who they'll take pretty much. And then, you know, they're working the phones doing trades and all all that, but they're probably a little bit more prepared to make a call for what they're looking for from, from their team than, (laughs) than we are, but it's fun, man. It's fun. Sometimes you got to have fun. This was a fun episode. Um, So yeah, as always guys and, uh, and girls uh, appreciate you rocking with us. This is a fun one. Let us know on Twitter, on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you want to hit us up, what you think about the draft. Uh, please uh, listen, rate, subscribe, and leave a comment um, on for the pod. Uh, that'd be dope. And um, mm-hmm. all right, you, Albert, tell the people where they could uh, find you on the internet to uh, hit <sighs> you with some comments. You can find me all over the internet. I'm hiding in all kinds of burners, uh, like Scout with Brian or Kevin Durant. Oh, I'm no. hiding in. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> just, not kidding. Scout, just kidding. Not not the Scout man. <laughs> all right, I'll just uh, say, hey, hey, I, hey I'll Corey, just say how it. many how many times did Scout Brian ask you to um, contribute to his Patreon? <laughs> just just once, just once. But I'll just say it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> about that guy i like like dude like i get it you mm-hmm. you know you know what a spain pick and roll is and you know mm-hmm. a fucking iverson cut like cool, cool dude cool man like great uh you you took this opportunity of working for a team and being able to have a cool platform and just absolutely decided to throw it all away because uh i don't know you like donald trump or something i don't know <laughs> He was he was always a real douchebag. So 
Um, I think he yeah. got what was coming for him. But yeah, yeah you could sure. find me. You could find me at um, dude. Sometimes I forget my own username. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Uh, Alberto Gim A L B E R T O E Gim G H I M. You can find me on Twitter. I'm starting to embrace my new persona. My homie Josh Spice. He gave me the persona persona of AMG Albert uh, because I love uh, AMG Mercedes Patronus uh, F1. I got super into F1. In like the last like three months with my friends and so um yeah I'm, I'm thinking about how to like workshop that and like make that my new identity but um you know all things right. are happening but yeah <laughs> i don't know anything i don't know anything about cars um yeah. <laughs> the only car i ever won is a delorean um Ooh. so i can't i can't help you with your your persona your f1 persona <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be a you thing but uh mm-hmm. yeah go go uh hit your boy with uh some follows and uh, you can find me at Hardwood Herald on uh, Twitter, at the Hardwood Mag on Instagram, and I think Hardwood Corey on TikTok. So just no consistency across the board. Just you have <laughs> to remember multiple things. Uh, and as always, you can find um, breakdowns, uh, scouting breakdowns and whatnot on YouTube uh, by searching Hardwood Herald. Just finished a really exciting interview for the magazine. Well, not just finished. Not like I just got off the line with them. I, I recorded over the weekend uh, with the guys from the Through the Wire podcast. That was really mm-hmm. fun. Uh, so that's going to be in the magazine, and you know, I'll put a clip, some clips up from from that as well on the YouTube channel. So definitely subscribe to that and be on the lookout for the magazine because all of the content is officially finished. Most of the artwork is finished, and I just got to put the final touches and then it'll be out in the world probably at the very beginning of May. So Let's looking go. forward to that, man. Looking forward to that. All right, guys and girls, dudes, dude, uh, dudettes. We will see you next week on the draft act, Bob. Peace.